Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Well, I got my long day with yesterday's hero, Odyssey. We're looking at the 1979 film, Yesterday's Hero, which is available on our YouTube channel, if you like, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, it's been on Talking Pictures TV a couple of times, which is a fucking great channel. Go and have a look at Talking Picks TV and see what's on there, um, because there's all sorts of great old stuff. Oh, Sam, there's something I, it, I need to send to you, uh, and I'll tweet it out to the listeners, and we might even do a history box or a, a one-off deep dive of it. There's a series of films from the late 50s that they show on Talking Pictures, and they're called something like Look at Life, and they're different sort of jobs and things and aspects of... 1959 yeah, life or whatever. things like that, yeah. And one of them is The Bin Men. It's all about oh, a day in the life of The Bin Men. That's going to be it's our narrated, next deep dive. It's narrated by none other Sid, James. Sid fucking James. Yeah, seen it. Oh, oh, I don't know if I've seen that fantastic. one, but I have seen some of them. I, one of the ones I've seen, which I think is from the same series, is he does supermarkets. Oh, right, okay. And he goes, right. And he's sort of like, they're all... We, we actually, on the much-lamented TV show, Santa Lady's News thing, we... Currently we, resting. Currently <laughs> resting. We did... Uh, we we became quite obsessed with these Look at Life films. And yes. when the election came around, I guess in 2017 or whatever, we decided to basically parody them to ex- do little explainers for the different political parties. But we mm-hmm. got... Our old friend Alex Lowe to do his Sid James impression. Yeah. And we used all old 60s footage. It's like, it's like, the Labour Party, what's all that about then? Well, they're a bunch <laughs> of fellas who think that the workers should be in charge of everything. <laughs> what a daft idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we've become obsessed with the supermarket one. Look at this. They call it a supermarket. It's like any other market, only it's got a roof. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking amazing films. Because I've got it on series link because they show them every few days, so I've got like a big collection of them now. But oh. I think they're on YouTube as well. They're all on YouTube. Yeah. Look at life. Yeah. So look at life, I think they're, they're called. They're so yeah. um, fucking good. Sir James the Bin Men. And it's great. I don't want too many spoilers, but uh, there's a bit about in Scotland where they're doing recycling, basically in 1959. 
and this wow. is this, this is blowing Sid's mind because this is this is nothing like what's what going the on down fuck south. Is this? And he's like, and he says something like, "Looks like them jocks have got the once over on us yet again," or something like that. <laughs> well, it's interesting though because the the Scots always do seem to be one step ahead of the rest of us. Of course they are. Like yeah, recycling in, in nineteen fifty nine. I bet we weren't doing yeah. that in England. Yeah, totally. Um, where were we? I don't know. Yeah, yesterday's hero, also on Talking Pictures TV. So um, I'll try and remember to tweet that that YouTube clip out. Where are we? Yeah, um, our hero, Rod Turner, played of course by uh, what's his fucking name again? Um, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah, he's uh, ended up uh, spending the night with Cloudy Martin, American pop star, and um, next morning she's making breakfast. She comes across with the toast and uh, sits next to him, and some kissing happens. Um, uh, I, I mean, you know, I, this is a football film. I didn't come to see a kissing film, but whatever. And then uh, it cuts to the two of them walking down the street together, and uh, just having a chat and that. And he says that if it, it wasn't for the booze, he wouldn't have been dragging yesterday, because of course he'd been playing in the semi-final of the cup the day before, and uh, as you probably know. He got uh, he got a goal in the first half, but then uh, he was caught drinking from his bottle of scotch at half time. Um, and she says, "You mean you mean the drinking keeps you from playing?" He says, "I guess I just needed a reason to get myself together, <laughs> making it sound as if it's a fucking positive thing." Yeah, well, I have this scotch. It's a bit like well, I think I mentioned it before. It's a bit like Popeye with his spinach. I have a little drink, and all of a sudden I feel all strong and vital. <laughs> And then uh, she says, don't depend on me. I've got a life of my own, a career. Don't look to me for your support. So she's, she's, she's fucking used him the night before. She's used him for his body and his, uh, his, his, his juices, if you like. And she's saying, you know, I'm not going to be someone who wants to cling on to you. Last night was what it was. Uh, I'm not going to be your support mechanism. You've got your scotch for that. So, you know, crack on, fella. And he says, okay. And she says, I mean it. And he's taking her around to his bed sit for whatever reason. I mean, they've just spent the night in her beautiful home with all those mirrored walls and everything and uh, fancy sheepskin rugs and all that. Yeah. And he's taking her around to uh, what he describes as the Turner Palace. <laughs> he doesn't feel comfortable. It's like sometimes you hear about people who've been in prison or been yeah. uh, in the military. Like, do you remember that um, General Sir Michael Jackson? Do you yeah. remember him? Fucking... Yeah. I, I was great, at, great name for so many reasons. I was at a party with him once, yeah? Right. I was in a small room with him, and I didn't they have a name for him, like Darth Vader or something? Cause he was fucking terrifying-looking bloke. Yeah. He was basically the boss of the whole army, wasn't he? He was Sir John Army. Yeah. Anyone who's got a, the title of general and sir, yeah, it was like when Sir Captain Tom Moore got the got the knighthood, yeah, and he then had Sir two Captain titles. Captain Lord didn't he? Tom Moore, yeah, R.I.P. with the angles now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I think, yeah, but anyway, well, General Sir Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. What I liked about this party was it was a fancy sort of media spot club in in uh, the West End of London. And so it was a it was a publishing party, and it was like 
uh, someone had, you know, someone had launched a book about the military, and that's why he was invited. But you can imagine it was like a sort of a media crowd in their daft, trendy clothes, everyone wearing jeans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone goes, "General Sir Michael Jackson's turning up here," and I was like, "Fucking great!" I think I actually stuck around. I thought I was going to fuck off. I thought, "Fucking great!" I'm waiting you to see gonna, this. Cunt. You were going to get get something from the buffet, then go upstairs and try and find somewhere where you could have a nap with the courts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, oh, I was gonna actually just uh, have one of them ch- chicken legs and then see if there was any, any, see if any of the sugar babes were about for a quick fingering. <laughs> <laughs> but no, once I heard that fucking uh, General Sir Michael Jackson was around, I thought I'll stick around to see this cunt mm. in action. Right, I couldn't picture him at a party, any sort of party, yeah. let alone one in this sort of joint. Well. Do you know what he did? He didn't disappoint. Fucking rocked up in a full tuxedo. Right. <laughs> no Not one else. His... No one was wearing even so much as a lounge suit, right? It yeah. was casual, right? As these dudes tend to be. But Sir Michael Jackson, General Sir Michael Jackson, if he goes to a party, it just, he puts his tuxedo on. Yeah, any party. His attitude yeah. is, I'm either at war, in which case I'm wearing practical war clothing right yeah and if not if i'm socializing which is rare <laughs> i put on my socializing uniform which is a full yeah. tuxedo and dicky bow yeah <laughs> it's either he, war or socializing yeah he, he had <laughs> no, no between. he had no fucking qualms about it. if he didn't turn in and go oh this is embarrassing there was not not even a flicker in his eyes where he thought mm, awkward i'm completely overdressed in fact, well, it, to it, all it, of us, like, every one of yeah. you is woefully underdressed, you cunts. Yeah. And also saying, anyone going to say anything? Anyone got anything to say to me? General yeah. Sir Michael Jackson? General Sir so. Michael fucking Jackson, right? Didn't fucking think so, lads. The the cunt they named that fucking nonce pop star after. <laughs> True story. <laughs> no, but anyway, so the reason chat I with him. I bet, uh, no, I uh, might have exchanged a couple of words, but no, I didn't have a chat. Um, but what I remember about him, of legend, was that even when he was back home, he always slept on the floor, didn't like beds. He was so oh, used. Right, yeah. He was so used to a hard floor that he couldn't mm. actually relax or keep in a proper bed, right? And you get people in prisons doing that. Uh, they can't when they go back to Civvy Street. They feel uncomfortable around yeah. luxury. Right? Yeah. And uh, I'm currently reading with Len, one of the greatest books of all time, Good Night, Mr. Tom. Oh, yeah. Have you ever read that book? I've not read it, no. It's it's superb. I mean, I read it when I was a kid and loved it, and I've gone back to it with Len now, thinking I might be disappointed. You know, you have golden memories Mm. and things when you were a kid. Mm. I've not been disappointed. It is amazing. In it, the kid... He's an evacuee from a very horrible... He's got a horrible mum who's obsessed with God and he basically lives in abject poverty and a state of permanent, horrible physical and psychological abuse. But the story starts with him arriving in a beautiful, picturesque village at the start of the war where he's been evacuated and this grumpy old farmer has been, you know, picked to look after him and it's about their relationship and how it evolves and brings out the best in both of them but in it the boy he's taken to his room on the first night by Mr Tom and he goes there you go that's where you're sleeping and he goes oh right 
like that because his boys just like lived in this like awful environment in like a horrible part of London his whole life and in the morning Mr Tom comes up and a silly cunt has slept under the bed because he was so unfamiliar with soft furnishings Andy he didn't even know that you were supposed to lie on top of it he was so used to sleeping under a table that he looked at at the bed didn't know what the fuck it was and just crawled underneath it and kicked there and, he, and, it, boy. and Uncle Thomas said to him, no, you silly cunt. He, I mean, he doesn't say it like that. He's dead nice. <laughs> but he's like, oi, you're supposed to get on top Chicken. of that. And the kid's like, you what? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to fall off. <laughs> I'm not getting up there. You must be fucking mental. <laughs> no, straight up, get on it. It's all soft <laughs> and really bouncy. Nice. It's well nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's a similar situation where Rod Turner, he doesn't like um, all the glamour of Cloudy Martin's place. So he's taking her out to his bed, and he opens the door and he says, The Turner Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Turner Palace. But they walk in, and guess who's there already? It's fucking Susan. Fucking Susan's hell, in his this bed, is awkward. This is dead yeah, awkward. Um, well, <clears throat> Cloudy says, Oh, dear, bad timing, huh? And Rod's probably thinking, oh, this, this could get interesting if I play my cards right. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we might as well make the most of it. We're all attractive people. <laughs> it's going to be very, very cramped in here for the three of us, but I'm sure we can we can make the most of it if we try. <laughs> Would you two care to begin? I'll pour myself a drink and just observe for 20 minutes. You do some kissing. You kiss her. And you kiss her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell but hang on a minute because Susan last time we saw Susan they were in the restaurant together and he was saying look I've got I've got a lot on with this cup run and everything so uh, it's best if we don't see each other for quite a long time <laughs> and then she went I didn't want to anywhere or whatever and then they just sat there and had, had their dinner in silence yeah. so um, she's there's been a change in, in plans because she's round his fucking gaff again She's in the Turner Palace. And she's, Susan says, I spent a sleepless night thinking of you being in hospital with a car crash. What? So she'd gone round there waiting for him to come back after the semi-final. It's really but sad. I mean, she, she should have fucking guessed where he the, would be and what he'd be doing. The state Barber is in, mm. in this, the, the place she's in in her life is mm. really sad. It's terrible, yeah. I'm not she judging her for it. Because she needs someone who, who, who's prepared to love her properly. Well, I in your in your twenties, she appears to be in her twenties. Mm. In your twenties, you can end up in all sorts of terrible situations. Because you, you, you don't yeah. value yourself highly enough, I think that's her no, situation. This is the thing. This He's is dumped the thing. her to her face, and she's still going around and pining for him in his bed set. Mm. Yeah, because she's still got the key. Um, so she, I mean, she said, "I spent a sleepless night thinking of you being in hospital with a cock." She should have known he'd be out. They won the semi-final; they'd be out carousing until the small hours and even if he did come back he would be an absolute fucking clip and he'd be fucking reeking of whiskey and uh, you know yeah. why why is she doing that it would be, surely it's the one night where she'd think fucking hell I'm not going round Rods tonight he's going to come back fucking he'll come back and puke all right over me again if he comes back on his own she might not and um Rod introduces her and he says, Susan, this is Cloudy Martin, an old friend. <laughs> and um, 
Susan says, yes, I saw her photo amongst all the others. So she's been going through all his stuff as well, all of your photos of his previous conquests oh, and all that. Oh, fucking Glynis, you deserve better than this. And he's told you he that did. as well. He's not even denying yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, I'm not even bothered. I don't really fucking like you very much. Yeah, yeah you'd be better off without me. I'm a fucking mess. You're a nice I'm guy. You'd probably you. get a decent fella. I'm using you for your precious juices. That's what it is. <laughs> um, and um, I'm, I'm sucking on your life force. On your teeth. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then he explains the fight he's had with Jake. And then he realises that he doesn't have to explain anything to her. Because they split up, didn't they? I mean, what the fuck? What was she even there for? I don't know. Cloudy then leaves. So that's not what Rod wants, because he's had a lovely time with Cloudy, and she made him some toast. I've never seen Susan make any fucking toast. Toast not. In all the times we've seen her. Um, and then Rod says, uh, I think it's about time you gave me my key back, Susan. My key to my bedsit. And she says, certainly, I don't want it anymore. I thought I could help you, but you're finished. Really finished. <gasps> fucking hell. So she thought she could help him. So it's kind of, that's the dynamic in the relationship. She is trying to be a saviour to him, almost. I don't know why. What's, people what's people do that, mate. People feel that people they can be saviours. People do saviors. all sorts of things. Mm. This people is the do thing. it for different people... reasons. And, and the thing is, I mean, your perspective on this would be interesting. Helping people, if you want to be a good person, mm. right, we're sort of trained to believe that that is about helping people. Right. Yeah. And and you want to be there for people, particularly people who you know close to you, friends and family and stuff. But the thing is, is that you can get too sucked into that, and you do yourself damage and them because you're just fucking indulging them, and that means mm-hmm. they never get any better. And you do it because you sort of in your in yourself you want to feel like you're a good person. But there are yeah. what I'm saying is, Andy, you do have to have boundaries, don't you? When you're helping totally. others. Boundaries are a very important word. Um, you, but, you, yeah, you get people who, who will manipulate that fact that, mm. that, that you want to help them, and then it, it becomes unhealthy. I think I always think if you're going to get in a relationship with anybody, you should only ever do it if both of you are in a healthy position in your lives. Mm. Or, alternatively, if you're both in a really unhealthy position. But yeah, you should both be on the same level. On a level. similar level, yeah. There should never be a dynamic of one trying to help the other one. Yeah. Or because that dynamic won't be the same forever. It'll change at a level. And that's not just in romance. I mean, I've been in business with people. Yeah. And if you both have different agendas, do you know what I mean? Because you're both in different situations or predicaments or what have you. Yeah. Just fucking, just turns into a nightmare. You run it. You can run a business that is basically, you're running it to like basically help out the other person. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or or friendships, whatever. It can, you know. Mm-hmm. I like to keep things simple with mates these days. Just keep keep it arm's length. Go out. <laughs> go out once in a while, have a meal, fuck off back home. Bang, done. Once every nine months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a, a weird dynamic going on here. Susan thinks that she's helping Rod. Um, I could help you, but you're finished, really finished. He says, just give me the key. And then she she fucking really kicks off. She goes, no one takes you seriously anymore. You're just pathetic. They all feel sorry for you. Yeah, I know. Good. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. I scored in the cup semi final yesterday. What are you going to do about that? Hey? I don't want to be taken <clears throat> seriously. Jalapeno. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. And then she heads off to the door and he says, Goodbye, Susan. (laughs) And she says, You're disgusting. You're disgusting. And slams the door. So yeah, he's. Uh, I think she was hoping that he would go. No, please don't go. Don't leave me, Susan. I need you. But uh, no, he's kind of like, know. yeah, there's the door. T-T-F-N. Don't let him bang you on the ass on the way out. Ta-da. There you go. No, I'll miss <clears> that ass. I tell you that much. Yeah, the T-T-F-N. ass was good. <laughs> <laughs> so he um, <laughs> he then uh, he immediately follows her out. And he goes off down the street looking for Cloudy. But Cloudy is gone as well. There's no sign of her. He's running along with his suit on that he had the night before and his street shoes. And it's that great thing where um, films in the 1970s, the sound of shoes walking across a floor or the mm. ground are always amplified. Yeah. Do you know, more louder than they would be. Clip you clop. heard them. Yeah, there's lots of clip-clopping going on. Yeah. I always like to hear that in the old films. So he's doing a bit of clip-clop running. <laughs> and um, he's trying to find Cloudy, but she's gone. Uh, then it cuts to the working men's club where he spends usually his Sunday Sunday lunches. Yeah, does look uh, good down there, there, to be fair he's to there him. Before. And he's, uh, his dad's there and all their mates and all this. Uh, Rod's there. I forgot the name of the manager of his previous club who also drinks in there with him. I forgot oh, what he's yeah. called. He's a great character but, at the beginning of this <clears> film, then he fizzles out, which is a shame. Yeah. He just appears when Rod needs someone to kind of yeah. um, move the story along a bit. He needs someone to talk to. He always is good. He's, he's always good for a sub as well. He always gives Rod yeah. some cash. Well, this this is it. He he's, he's, he cons him out of a, a quid. Rod does a snooker trick um, on the snooker table. I'm going to do a trick quid. for you all now, but you got to pay me. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but it's it's very it's very clever, and he wins a quid goes to the bar and the barmaid there Rita is of course played by Sue from EastEnders from yeah. the CAF from the early days of EastEnders Sue Osman um, from Oz Caps. Sue Osman 
Yeah, she offers him a scotch, but he declines because he's on the orange juice. Um, and she tells him that the boss is getting some champagne in for after the final. Champagne in a working men's club? Who would have thought it? <laughs> and also, get this, Rod can have anything he wants on the slate. <gasps> we return to our favourite topic of the slate. You, the of course, slate. recently established the slate in the Isle of Wight. Yeah. Rod, Rod's slate has been reactivated which is proof positive that this man is on the up. Uh, uh, Any man who is off yeah. a slate if you've got is a on slate. the up. My mum used to have a slate at various <laughs> shops when we were kids, and she was always yeah. like sort of riding various slates. I'm sure they don't do this anymore, right? But at shops used to do it. it was, wasn't it a nicer place, a greater community spirit? In the old yeah. days, even under the yoke of Thatcherism, you know, you had mm. shops who'd be like, they understood that as the month went by, ordinary working folk had cash flow issues and therefore it would yeah. really help. And it would also, you know, um, help retain them as, as loyal customers if you could give them mm. a bit of credit here and there. But we had this news agents at the bottom of the road that would deliver the paper, right? And I think we'd also sometimes get a pint of milk or whatever. And the fucking slate had built up and my mum had been giving them the swerve, right? And uh, (laughs) and so they'd stopped delivering the paper and the fucking bill had got mental. And it's one of her favourite memories was I met her after work at the tube station and we were walking and it was Christmas and she'd just been given a cash bonus by her boss in the job she was in at the time. Big one. Like, I can't remember how much, yeah. but a, a fucking, a big envelope full of cash, right? And we're walking up the street, and she's been swerving this fucking newsagents for, like, <clears throat> weeks, right? <laughs> and we fucking, they're coming the other way. And I didn't know how much money my mum had on her person, right? Mm. And she had said, I'll tell you when we get home, but I've got a bonus, right? And this newsagent comes up and gives it, ah, Mrs. Delaney. What uh, we meet at last, didn't you? You've been ignoring the notes we've had put through your door, and my mum did the old what? What are you talking about? She went, well, I think you know what I'm talking about. You owe us whatever it fucking was. It was like you know, 150 quid or something. And she went, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I've been really busy. No problem. And she's got the fucking envelope out and done the old licked her thumb, counted (laughs) out the fucking 150 shows, and then. Chucked in an extra 20 because it's Christmas. There you go, mate. <laughs> what a feeling. My mum brings that story up a lot because I think it's like one of those, like, you just felt so euphoric. It couldn't have been scripted yeah. any better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Um, that probably happened in about 1986, but she fucking goes on about it still to this day. I remember mm. it vividly as well because I didn't know she had the money. So when the news agent goes, where's our money? I'm shitting it and thinking, fuck, mm. we're going to have to do a runner in. <laughs> we're going to have to kick him in the bollocks and fucking run for it. And then suddenly there's a big <laughs> plot twist for me. My mum suddenly produced this fucking envelope of notes. Yeah. I, I did something slightly similar recently. I mean, this is a story which is going to make me look like a very good person, and I make yeah, no apologies for that. Yeah. But a few months ago, um, we got a Nando's delivered, and it was um, when there'd been a lot of snowfall, and I yeah. live on quite high ground. I live like up a bit of a, a bit of a hill, right? And I got the Nando's delivered from Deliveroo, um, and I'd, I'd I'd not used Deliveroo very often. I didn't realise that you've got to tip the rider. 
yeah. before you place the order. You can't yeah. do it afterwards like you can, I think, with just eating with Uber Eats. Yeah. So we deliver. I didn't know this, right? So this fucking poor cunt delivers our Nando's through the snow up the hill, and he's on a bike. Oh, the poor fuck fucker's yeah, on a bike, and he delivered it. And I said, sorry for dra- dragging you out and having to do all this, mate. And he's like, no problem, no problem. Gives us the Nando's. And I thought, I'm going to give him a decent tip for what he's done. Yeah. Went to the app. You can't give them a tip. Right. Fuck. So this is months ago, and I've, this has just nagged away at me, and I've talked to the kids about it since. The guy was called Solomon. Solomon. Because, um, you, yeah, you know you right get their name. name on the app when they're going to come. Yeah. So the guy was called Solomon. And I've been, I've had a, some Nando's since then, and I always hope Solomon's going to deliver it. Yeah. So I can apologise and give him some cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've never had him. And a couple of times my daughter said, when she's been out and about to and from school, she says, saw Solomon earlier on. Oh, I'm like, oh no, did you give him some money? She says, no, I didn't have any. I'm you like, got to oh, send hell. the kids out with a bit of Solomon cash on them. Well, this is what I've got. Yeah, I'm going to have to, yeah. Well, last week I'm driving around doing a bit of Andean, you know, yeah. here and there. And there's Solomon on his bike. Oh. With a delivery bag. So Solomon, you come. Stop yeah. there one second. Come here, Solomon, come here. And I pull over and I get out and go across the sea and I says, are you Solomon? And he's like, uh, uh? He's like an African guy. His English yeah. isn't great. Yeah. Uh? I'm like, are you Solomon? Yeah. And he thinks that the delivery he's got in his bag is for me. I'm like, yeah. no, no, that's not for me. And I explain what happened months and months ago in the snow up the hill. Did, did he have any recollection? There, in the direction of me house. He's got no recollection whatsoever. Nah. He's delivering hundreds of fucking yeah. meals every day. He doesn't. The thing is, he doesn't know what snow is. I'm telling him it was in the snow and he doesn't know what what? snow is. Yeah. And I said, and I couldn't give you a tip and I've got this £20 note in my hand and I'm trying to give him this £20 note and he doesn't understand what's going on. And in the end, I just go, here, just take this. This is for you. And he just takes it with his fucking perplexed look on his face and I just get back in the car and I fuck off. That's a wonderful story. You are a good man. It's it's been nagging away for months and months. I like the fact that Solomon just still to this day is just like a strange man yeah. a, a man yeah. came up to me in the street and give yeah. me give me money he, he would not say no and he kept speaking of snow but now now that's bugging me as well because he doesn't know why I'm giving the money no so he's still you know I mean? he's got two separate memories he's got a good yeah. one about a man who just gave him money in the street yeah. Right, although he might have thought you were a bit of a nonce or something. I don't know, like... Probably, probably, like, exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, suck my cock. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> Bend now, over Solomon. that wall. Now, Solomon, tickle my balls. Yeah. <laughs> That's 20 English pounds there. I think I've heard thinks, that at least. And he also thinks I'm the snow cunt from February, yeah, even though he doesn't know what separate, snow is. two separate men. He's like, fucking hell, Sunderland's full of cunts. I I'm now the once, cunt twice. I went yeah. up a hill in the, in the snow... And cunt didn't even give me a fucking tip. And then another time, a few months later, I was driving along with some geezer came over to me, some middle-aged bloke branching 20 quid expecting a blowy. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, the rate this is yeah, going, I'm, I might move I'm, to Middlesbrough. I'm done with this town. Yeah. yeah. And I still haven't got fucking closure because I know that he doesn't know why he's got the money. Oh, God. You're so, going to have to give him more. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep driving around and just giving him money every week. What you need to do is stop worrying about what Solomon thinks. You know, yeah, you're right. You can't Solomon's control these got things, his own can you? life. You know, you just got to move on. It's it comes back to what we were saying earlier about the relationship and the dynamic, and yeah, we're on I a mean, different level. Me my mate, my Swedish mate, 
he's like, he, I said to him, do you know what the problem with you is? I said, you are so preoccupied all the fuck. Yeah, the problem is you is, mate, right? You, he's preoccupied all the time about what people, but particularly kind of strangers, like that story yeah. is exactly like something that happened to him. Um, what they think of him, whether they think he's good or bad, to the extent that when you're out and about, he gives much more of a fuck about the impression he's giving off to, let's say, a random person in the pub or in the street or in a restaurant yeah. than he is. Like, he's the sort of bloke who... We had this weird waiter when we were out in the curry the other week, and the waiter kept hovering about because the restaurant was empty. One of those, a hoverer. See, I don't like mm. a hoverer, so I'm not rude. No, no. But I'm not very friendly either. Do you know what I mean? Which I think's mm. fine. I, I, I'm not being a cunt, but I'm just sort of like, I'm here with my mates, we're having a chat. You're it's hovering about. It's a business about. transaction. Whereas he, yeah. my mate Ollie, he'll be like, oh, I'm going to really engage with this guy and start asking him loads of questions about where he's from and what his country's like and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing all that for? Right, when the geezer goes off to get a drink or whatever. And he goes, well, I'm just being polite. And I said, yeah, but you don't have to be polite. He's working he's doing his fucking job right mm. we're here to have a chat as friends he can't fucking parachute in right anyway i started doing None some, of his fucking business i started doing some yeah. digging right i started doing some digging because sometimes it pisses me off because we were getting an ice cream once when he was in the isle of Wight with me and i ordered the ice creams and every time I, they go anything else you know when you're ordering ice cream for a few people and i'm like mm. uh one vanilla and strawberry yeah anything else one chocolate and pistachio whatever Right, and each time, this is my mate saying to me, right, please, to me, like a parent does to their kid, please, oh, right? And I'm like, hell. he cannot fucking stop himself, but he's saying it for the benefit of the other person. He's trying to sort of say, listen, this guy's a bit loud and brash and demanding and a bit London. He's particularly he like it if we go out voice. of London, right? <laughs> Because he thinks, because <laughs> yeah. he thinks, oh, everyone outside London's going to think we're cunts, right? So you've yeah. got to really work overtime to prove you're not. But I think, nah, you can't live like that. You've got to be courteous to people all the time. But you can't be fucking shitting yourself. I'm going to make an extra effort with these strangers so I'm never going to meet again. He's going, please, mm. please. And I'm like, listen, Fuck mate. I said, I've said please the first time and I will say thank you at the end. But yeah. it's not for you to tell me that I need to say please after every single element of this order, right? I know yeah. my fucking manners, right? Stop patronising me. So we had a falling out over it. But then he revealed to me that it was that it was because when he was... Uh, I've been wondering my whole life, I've been mates with most of my life, why he acted mm. like this. And he told me the other day it's because because um, he's Swedish. He'd, he'd like go away with his Swedish relatives uh, on a huge sort of family, massive family sort of communal holiday where they stayed in a big lighthouse on a deserted island every summer. Wow. And you all had to live in this sort of Scandinavian communal way where everyone did their bit. So there was a lot of work. Yeah. Maintaining the house, doing things. And even as a young kid, you know, you had to do it. So he was the one of the members of the family who actually lived in England. But, you know, so... He, he had to. He always felt like he had to particularly make an effort to prove that he understood the Scandinavian way, yeah, which apparently an is your yeah. only value. Your only value as a Swede, <clears throat> right, is is the part you play in the group. See what I mean? You got no value beyond mm. that, and that's the way they think over there. And his mum used to say to him, "Everyone is talking about you behind your back, saying you're not pulling your weight." right <laughs> oh, you're not working hard enough 
right? Everyone's <coughs> talking about it, and it's causing a real rift. Now, he now knows in retrospect that that was bullshit. It was a way of her motivating him to work harder, right? But he also knew that in the old days, in old Swedish sort of Viking tribes, if you were someone who was perceived to not be contributing to the tribe to an enough mm. of an extent, then you were wasted. You were you were a waste of quite literally a waste of space, time, food, resources. So they'd you take you up. They'd, or no, they'd take you up to the top of a cliff and push you off. Yeah. So he was up on this remote island, knowing about that's what <clears> they did. And he convinced himself from an early age that unless he constantly demonstrated value and courtesy to everyone around him, he might get pushed off a cliff. Fucking And hell. as a result of that, I'm in the Isle of Wight with him all these years later, and he's going to me every fucking ice please, cream flavour. Please. please, 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 please. And I'm like, no cunt's pushing me off a fucking cliff. This is the Isle of Wight. I've got a fucking tab on the go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the up. I've got a slit. I don't need to worry about that shit, mate. I'm a fucking celebrity around these parts. I'm coming and go as I please. <laughs> We're not in your hell. fucking Swedish lighthouse now, you cunt. <laughs> but yeah, this is it, innit? Was it? Was it? Was it Philip Larkin who said they fuck you up, your mum and dad? I do. They don't mean to, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes but, they do um, mean to. They're the really bad the, ones. <laughs> the good ones have just fucked you up, but they don't mean to. Yeah. Well, there <laughs> we go. One we'll leave each. it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice for a bit of contrast, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I've experienced yeah. all the different types of parenting, which has helped inform my own parenting. <laughs> good. <laughs> the yeah. way in which I fuck my own kids up. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, a uh, sort of good piece of parenting advice is just to try and identify what your own parents did wrong and don't do that. Yeah. Simple as that, isn't it? Sometimes we overcompensate. So a friend of mine, when I was, uh, I wrote something on the reset about my dad and a a good friend of mine sent me a book recommendation and said, look, I saw what you wrote, read this. It's about um, growing up with emotionally distant parents or whatever, right? Mm. So I said, yeah, I'll I'll give it a little read when I see how it goes, right? And I go to her, (laughs) fucking hell. I said, the irony is, right, all these parents of our parents' generation who didn't really do feelings and that. And I'm the fucking other... She was saying, you, you can really easily overcompensate. And she said yeah. she did it with her kid, and I do it with my kids, where I'm constantly like, how do you feel? Yeah, all right. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. You know you can talk to me about it if you aren't. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, you yeah. know... Because everyone feels sad sometimes. It's just normal. All right, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> I, I, mean, that's that's I do. I'm fucking so, constantly overcompensating. Sometimes my son comes home from school and you can tell he's in a mood because something's obviously happened at school or he's had yeah. fallen out with someone or someone said something to him. And I always tell him when he's in a mood. And I, I always give it that, you know, everything all right, you know, you can talk to me if you want to. If there's anything you want to talk about, yeah, yeah. say, no, I'm all right. And then 45 minutes later, he's as right as rain because he yeah. shrugged it off. Yeah, because that's what generally what happens. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're all. Would you like to? Would you like to sit and talk about it? To, yeah, we and can talk it that, through. They go like, and my daughters like it. I mean, you know, as you know, fucking teenage daughters are fucking minefield. I mean, just non-stop drama, friendship issues, mm. insecurities, blah blah, and it just seems so difficult and complex. I can't get my fucking nut round it, but I try to sort of 
sympathise and say I'm here and all that. And she's just like, Dad, the more you talk about it, the worse it gets. And I think, oh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe there is something to be said for just sort of yeah. sometimes just not fucking overthinking and talking about something. Yeah. Maybe you should. Either ignore Maybe you it. should sometimes bottle shit up, even though everyone tells us not to. Yeah. Sometimes. I'm just say that just, you know what? Sometimes just, bottle it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just push it down on top of all the yeah. other stuff. <laughs> right. That's it from yesterday's hero. Uh, we did cover some of the film this yeah, week, so that I think was we good. Got, got some progress. Yeah, it's been useful. All mm. right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hide your feelings at all times. Bury them down. They're shameful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.